Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Oh, other than bare ass, we are live. Um, speaking of speaking of bare asses, the uh, y- your boy President Trump's been indicted again, going going back to court. Or more court, I guess he's already in court. But never we, ending. We were just talking about how ridiculous um, some of this political theater we're going to call it is, and manipulation of the justice system. And if you guys haven't actually taken a second to look up the real footage from um, sp- specifically one guy, what they call him, Buffalo Boy or something? Yeah, I forget his name. I'll look it up. But yeah, I keep so, calling him Buffalo Boy. So dude, dude's walking around. Um, with a flag and a weird, like, I don't know, fucking fur on. And this guy ends up getting six months or a year in jail for for his partaking in January 6th. 50 months. 50 months? 50 months. Five zero. Thomas Sebeck. 50 months. So there you go. 50 months in prison for his, you know, cooperation with January 6th. Well, 
all of a sudden, about a month ago, they released the real uh, video camera footage from the from the those closed circuit CCTV cameras around the area. And this dude is being as nice as can be. He's he's talking with all the cops, and they're showing him around, and and he's he's having nice conversation. He's not being you know consultative at all, or not. That's not the right word. Consultative. What's the word I'm looking for there? Non confrontational. Confrontational. He's not being yeah. confrontational at all. And, uh, and, and even at the end, he, he prays for them and then he leaves and this dude end, ends up getting 50 months in, in prison, which, you know, hopefully he'll get out of early. Oh, Hey, sorry. Let me correct that. So the 50 month was another dude. Oh, okay. So this guy got 41 months, but he has now been released. Okay, good. Jacob Chansley is his name. That's right. It was Jacob. I remember now after seeing the videos, well, the bullshit is, is the judge that I believe was, uh, seeing over that case, which gave him a ridic- ridiculous, ridiculous um, uh, sentence, is the one that they are putting under or over this new Trump indictment. So that's good. Seems like really, uh, really open-minded um, judge with no political leanings at all. I'm leaving that blank for a second because the sarcasm was laid on fairly thick. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think that they, they're trying to set up a, a house of cards so that when he gets to the point where they can start to judge whether he's going to have a run at the next White House, they can start to pull all this out and, and, I guess, parade it in front of everybody. And the only, you know, the only presidential candidate to be indi- indicted on 50 different charges, blah, blah, blah. Because the first indictment, the ridiculous thing is, is the the first indictment, the way that they wrote the indictment is um, he he borrowed money from his uh, political campaign to pay off Stormy Daniels, basically, is, is what the indictment is for. But they actually write him up as a legal impingement or infringement every time he makes a payment back. So borrows the money, that's one time. Pays monthly, no, sorry, gets invoiced monthly, and then pays monthly. That's two more times every month. So it's like 30 different indictments for the exact same thing for 30 months worth of payments or something ridiculous like that, which is just, I mean, that's that's political theater, yeah. right? Yep, they just keep wanting to add the list, though. I mean, I saw some of the initial ones. I mean, it's just conspiracy against this, conspiracy against that. I mean, there's nothing hard evidenced that's sitting in that indictment. So it's just, yeah, like you said, they're just going to keep playing this out so that, uh, like we talked about, I don't think they're looking to get him out of the race. They're, I think they're setting him up so when he gets in, that he'll lose. So ridiculous. But I get it. I mean, like our like our podcast last week or the week before when we talk about the, you know, the one-party system or the... Yeah, the uniparty. The uniparty or even the, you know, the, the powerful elite on both sides. You know, they don't, they don't want somebody that <clears throat> questions the norm. They want somebody that's going along with... with whatever they can get paid out for and yeah. what they think is the, is the beneficial for the country. And that's, that's the weird thing that I don't necessarily think that everything should be a popular vote as far as every single decision, because I think that that is part, part of the problem with um, public unions is that you have the people who are benefiting from the union contracts or the one that are voting in the people that are making the union, that are making the concessions to the union contracts. 
Yeah. Right. So you, you don't have two. you don't necessarily have two independent parties negotiating. You have, you know, one party that is put in place by the other party and then they're the ones doing the negotiation. It's a really weird system. And I think that that's part of the issue that we could have if we had everything set on a on a public vote. Um, you would have everybody voting for their own, you know, individual interest. And uh, clearly, as human beings, we we want to be lazy. And we want to get shit for free. And we're, as as a generalized average, are always going to vote for, you know, us getting more. But it's not necessarily what's best for us, right? If you think about us as like a, a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old child. And we're, we, we want, we don't want a nap. And we want the sweet treats. But is that what's best for us? No, like a nap and some fucking, an apple might be better for us. But yeah. we need somebody in charge that, that can say that. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about people in charge right now. <clears throat> That's pretty embarrassing. Well, let's skip by that. We've talked enough about that the last yeah. few weeks. Let's get to, uh, let's dig right into this week's podcast topic. And this week's podcast topic is kind of an overview of a, of a ton of stuff that we talk about all the time. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to kind of me and Martin come both come up with our own lists of like things that you can start doing now to benefit yourself, things that you can start doing immediately, things that you can start changing, things that you can start improving. And then I wanted to kind of bounce us back and forth from both of our ideas and kind of give you guys, cause you're, you're all going to be in different starting points. You're all going to have different, uh, different challenges, different battles, right? Like some people need to eat more. Some people need to eat less. Some people need to do more with their body. Some people need some better recovery. Like everybody's got a little bit different place that they're coming from. So I figure if we both kind of come up with our lists, start bouncing them back and forth. Everybody's going to be able to take a little, a little nugget of joy, a little nugget of goodness away from, uh, away from this episode. So why don't you start out with yours, Martin? Yeah. So on the uh, 10 things to improve, number one I have, uh, relates to also the number one, um, point in martial arts code of uh, traditional martial arts, uh, code of honor is understand that there's a God and you're not him. And, um, in martial arts, it's called, you know, recognize uh, that there's a higher power because it's the first sign of humility. Um, you know, what we're seeing in nowadays culture is is the absence of humility and, and arrogance and self-exalting is now taken over. So um, the, the key thing to having a learning mindset is you have to be able to put yourself aside and say, hey, guess what? I'm I'm not God because I've you know, in the, the heat of battle, there's the atheists that, you know, I've seen that are very vocal, but then as your guts are getting, you know, are cut open and, and you're dying and taking your last breath, all of a sudden these are folks that, you know, cry out to God because they realize it's like, hey, they're they're mortal. They're, they're not in control. So, you know, it's, it goes back to me. It's, it's since it's a Sunday and we're recording, it's a... Here's a, here's a verse for the day. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. So, um, yeah, so that's my, probably my number one. That's where you start. I like that. That kind of that goes in a line with one of mine, which is a little bit further down the list, but it's find something bigger than yourself. You can call it God. I don't know that everybody needs to call it God, um, but it's going to have the same outcome. You know, if if, if you're, 
depending on where you grew up, depending on what your religion you prescribe to, um, that bigger thing can be something else for everybody, but it, it does need to be bigger than yourself. And the reason that it does need to be bigger than yourself is because it's going to help with, with so much of the trouble and the struggle that we have in the world. It's going to give you a, a sense of meaning and purpose. Yeah. It is going to help with your emotional well being. You know, like, like you said, um, <clears throat> the, the atheist that, that cries for God when their guts are spilling out. Uh, that's, I don't honestly think that that is necessarily a true atheist. I think that that's a, that's a, con, a nonconformist that wants to argue religion because I think that, you know, I, I guess they're, they're calling it on the, on the internets these days, they're calling it athe- atheism 2.0, but it's um, it, the idea is that, that there is a higher power, but the higher power is great. Basically humanity as a whole. And, and it's an energy force. And if, yeah. if that is, if that is your higher power, I don't think you necessarily, you know, go back to the the crying for God because you understand that that there isn't really um, there isn't a difference between that and what the Christian and what the um, Buddhist and what the Jewish person all believe in. It's just a their their power, their higher power has a deity behind it that I think is the only difference. Yeah, and then one of the verses I jotted down is, uh, you know, in Timothy it says, but mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. And here's the key where it says, people will be lovers of themselves, which, you know, people will think that they're God. What happens, the verse says, you know, uh, they're lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, Without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, they're treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, or hey, dopamine, right? Rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness but denying its power, and that says have nothing to do with such people. So, you know, if those are the signs that we're starting to see in society today, that's um, <clears throat> that's what's going on, and that's why people, you know, sometimes... uh. You ever hear that song by Tom McDonald, uh, People So Stupid? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes I listen to that song. It's just like, yeah, this is where we're sitting is people have become so disconnected. Now, one could one could read that last verse that you that you read and pull, I guess, instead of thinking the end of time, change that to the end of a end of a society yeah right and we've seen that it's almost it's it's not even necessarily um a prophet type statement it's almost a historical statement when we've seen the destruction of a civilization over and over and over whether we're talking about the greeks whether we're talking about the superpower of the of the british crown whether we're talking about the mongolians roman empire the roman empire like we've seen this over and over and over and it, it you know a simple a simple um, studier of history would understand that this isn't necessarily just a religious statement. This is a historical statement. Yep. Yeah, it's proven over and over again. So, I mean, we're sitting in these times right now. Does it mean it's hopeless? No. I mean, there, change can happen, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting too because it's like if you look at everything, it, it's this micro versus macro lens, right? And if you don't understand what a micro lens and a macro lens is, 
a macro lens is basically a, a really wide shot and you are getting a wide swath of whatever you're looking at. That's a macro lens. Whereas a micro lens is a very tight focused in lens. And so if you look at, if you look at America today, right. And you, and you look at a, a macro lens and you go, you, you start to get, you start to get depressed and you start to get sad. But then if you take a micro lens and you start to look at those kind of shining spots, man, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of really good fucking people. Yeah. And you, you just have to focus on what, you know, what you can do in your community. I mean, did we talk about the starfish story? I don't think we did. Oh, yeah. I got that plaque in my bathroom now. I don't know if you read it while you're pissing, but. I didn't. I always look at the What Your Poop Wants to Tell You book. <laughs> hey, that's for when you're taking a shit. So. I know, but it sits right there. That's at my eye level, What Poop Wants to Tell You. Oh, okay. So the starfish story is, uh, it's, it's just something that, oh, man, who, Tom. You don't know Tom, but Tom, uh, well, if you're listening, uh, hey, this is credit to you. So I think I was frustrated uh, a few weeks ago. Just I'm like, man, there's so much, so many things to do, so many uh, areas of pain that you know that need help, that need volunteers, and and sometimes it's just you just want to just not do it, or just uh, just exhausted from it. And then, uh, and he's like, hey, you ever heard of the Starfish story? I'm like, no. So and he told me about it. So basically it's like this old dude is walking down the beach and he sees this kid and this kid looks like he's chucking stuff in the, the ocean. And as he walks closer, he sees, uh, you know, all these starfish that washed up on the shore, right? There's probably hundreds of starfish down the beach. And this kid is just grabs one gently throws it back in the ocean and kind of laughs to himself. He walks up to the kids like, Hey, uh, you're never going to be able to get, um, all these starfish back in the ocean, so it's not going to matter what you're doing. And the kid looks, uh, looks at him, looks down at the starfish, takes it, throws it back into the ocean. He's like, "Well, it matters is this one." So, you know, lesson of the story is it's, you know, what you can't save the world, but you can, you know, do what you can in your community and make a difference to whether it's one person or two persons, kind of like this. So uh, we, you talk about the podcast, right? If it impacts one person, Hey, at the end of the day, that's, uh, that's satisfying. Yeah. And, and there's so many people that end up dealing with that analysis paralysis that, that that guy was basically doing, right? He's like, well, if I can't get them all, why even start throwing them? Well, you, clearly you're not going to get them all. We, we're not going to touch them all. We're not going to help them all, but fuck man. We can help one, we can help five, we can help 20. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's the realistic, you know, micro versus macro. If I can focus in on the micro and I can help five people, then the world is five times better than it was before that, before I helped. Yeah. You know, for those five people. Um, Yeah, that's, and, and there's so much other that comes with finding a power bigger than yourself. Um, There is, you know the morals that come with some sort of a power bigger than yourself. Because if you believe that there's something bigger than yourself out there, then all of a sudden um, your moral structure, your moral guidelines have a basis, right? They're not just, they're not just surface level morals. They're morals that are basically highlighting why you need to act a certain way because there is something so much more powerful than yourself. You are not the most important person in the world. Yeah. It goes back to, uh, you know, standards. Yeah. 
and also like if you're if if you're struggling for a group of good people like finding finding similar minded people helps right because you have yeah. a lot in common with those type of people um it it it's kind of an overall backbone for a lot of things it's almost like a it's almost like a menu like if you were were to prescribe to a specific religion it's almost like a like a quick fix or a quick menu for a lot of the different things that you should be doing in your life, right? You talk yeah. about altruism and generosity. You talk about morals. You talk about community. You talk about relationships, you know, reducing risk, like all these type of things. You can you can find where you need to be for each one of those individual things, and it may fit you better. Or you can prescribe to a religion that you that you are 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 interested in or or similar have similar interests with. And it's going to basically give you kind of a, a playbook on all of those things. Yeah. Because people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years have kind of worked through what you're going to have to work through on your own. You got it. My, my first one that I have is, is I kind of, I didn't necessarily put mine in time order, but I kind of started thinking when I started reverse engineering, how I wanted to put my list together, I kind of started thinking like, all right, you get up, you get out of bed. What's the first thing? Well, one of the first things that, that I tell everybody to do is to try to get up around the same time every day. Whether you go to bed at eight or you go to bed at 10, your wake up time should, you should strive for a wake up time that is, that is similar every day. Now, most science backed information will tell you that you should try to wake with the sun. Um, that just doesn't work for me. I need to be up and I need to be moving a little bit earlier than that. Um, sometimes so because the sun the sun is going to is going to flow between summer it's going to be a little earlier in the winter it's going to be a little later in the hemisphere we're in so if i tried to if i tried to run my day like that there would be no consistency with when i needed to be places so i get up around between four and five pretty much every day um for you that might look like between six or seven because you go to bed later it might look like between eight or ten it might look like between one or three it doesn't really matter when that time is specifically, but the consistency is what's important because your body doesn't necessarily understand the difference in, oh, I went to bed late. I'm going to sleep in late. It knows I'm going to bed. And at this point in time, I usually start to get up every day. So your cortisol starts to um, come out, which kicks in the shit. What is it? The, whatever chemical makes you tired. Um no, I can't think. No, 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 no. There's there's a specific <laughs> there's a specific brain chemical that that tells you that you're you're tired and that's how caffeine works. It's actually mm. inhibits the that brain chemical's ability to 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 uh connect to its its um host. But what what cortisol does in the morning when it starts to elevate is it starts to help your body flush that chemical through and it starts to do that whether you are still sleeping or whether you are getting up. Yeah, melatonin. No, not the same one, but it's okay. Nope. Melatonin does make you sleepy. Um, but that's not the chemical I was thinking of. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so if you are able to stay consistent in your sleep, then the quality of your sleep goes up. If the quality of your sleep goes up, your energy levels are at a healthier rate. If your energy levels are at a healthier rate, you are able to be more productive. You're more alert. Your mental and emotional well-being is is stronger. The thing a lot of people don't understand is lack of sleep is like a, or even lack of quality sleep 
for people that drink every night before they go to sleep, even a few drinks, drastically reduces the quality of sleep. What people don't understand is that is fucking up all of your brain chemicals and all of your energy production in your body for the whole next day and sometimes multiple days after. So not only are you tired, but you are also unable to make the proper choices and the proper decisions in the long run. So like you're going to eat shittier food. You're going to cut corners. You're not going to go out of your way to do something that you know that needs to get done. You're going to put it off. And these are all the things that you can almost see it in like a teenager, right? Like when a teenager is in a bad sleep pattern and they're staying up till all hours of the night and then they're sleeping in all day, they're getting shitty quality sleep. Well, guess what? They're also probably pretty likely that they're eating a pretty unhealthy diet. They're not following through with things that need to get done. Like these are all things you're basically kind of acting like a teenager, but as a fucking grown adult. So if you are able to kind of keep your sleep rhythm consistent and get up at a consistent time every day, you're going to have more willpower which is the weirdest thing to think of, but they've studied willpower. And willpower is one of the first things to go when sleep lacks. So that means if you're walking past that box of donuts or you are needing to drive somewhere to get yourself lunch on your lunch break, if you are are well rested, you're gonna be much more likely to walk past that box of donuts or much more likely to go grab a healthier lunch than you are if you are sleep deprived. You're going to grab the donut. You're going to get shitty food. You're going to skip the gym. You're going to do all these things that are negative to your overall outcome just because your sleep is shitty. Yep. So that's my number two. What do you got after that? Uh, Number two goes back to what we talked about briefly. My number one is uh, get accountable. You know, get accountability partners. Surround yourself with the right people. And the right people aren't just... uh, people that agree with everything you say. It's not an echo chamber. Um, the example that I, you know, can think of right away is uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan was a, a great basketball player, <clears throat> but, you know, he, he was a owner, I believe, for the Nets. No, not the Nets. Uh, Charlotte was, Hornets. Yeah. And he just he was not very good at, you know, being an owner. So just because he was a, the greatest basketball player, that lived doesn't mean that, you know, he's the greatest uh, basketball franchise owner that ever lived. And one of the problems that he had, and Charles Barkley actually was the one who criticized him for it. And and Jordan now doesn't talk to Barkley because of that. But Barkley said, hey, you're surrounding yourself with people that just are yes men. They just agree with whatever you say. They don't challenge you. So, you know, that's what's uh, creating this unsuccessful, you know, result of your business. So find people that that are willing to challenge you, um, willing to call you out. And these are the people that, you know what, we talked about the 6 a.m. friends versus the, you know, 3 a.m. friends or 6 p.m. friends versus 3 a.m. friends. And you really need those people that you can call in the middle of the night when you're struggling and the people that you can talk about things beyond, uh, you know, what you just bought or, you know surface level things or useless talk substance yes is 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 one of the things that i think that you need to focus on when you're surrounding yourself with people and i i explained to my nine-year-old we were talking about that and i don't even remember how she brought it up but i'm like well that's the difference in substance it's like well what does that mean 
And I'm like, well, and when you, when it, when a nine or 10 year old asks you to describe something in a way that they understand it, it really starts to question your, I guess, knowledge base or ability to do that. So then I'm starting to think and I'm like, all right, substance, how am I going to explain substance when I'm telling her? I'm like, all right, so honey, you know how there's some people who they just seem to know a lot and they seem to have experienced a lot and they seem to just kind of be like an overall bigger personality. And she's like, yeah, I kind of understand. I'm like, and you know, then there's the people who literally are just like one minded. They only know a little bit. They spend a lot of their time just, you know, watching useless content online and she's like yeah i have those friends right and i'm like that's the difference between someone without substance and someone with substance someone with substance has a has a lot larger base for their ability to know things and that base comes from experiences it comes from learning it comes from having a growth mindset and that's when i lost her the growth mindset thing she still doesn't quite get that oh really it's it's tough to explain to someone to a 10 year old yeah in an in an in an actual actionable yeah way i think with kids yeah it's just growth mindset is something you have to just keep slowly ingraining and training in their minds kind of like a puppy right you gotta just repetitively teach over and over and over again then they start to understand as they mature well and, and the thing is i i constantly teach my daughter growth mindset but yeah. it's through action yep. not the actual idea of growth mindset right it's okay do you you know a lot of times what I'll do is I'll bring something up where I'm like, Hey, do you remember when you first started throwing a Frisbee? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, you could barely throw the thing, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. Now we've been playing Frisbee a lot lately and you can throw it right to me and it flies straight almost every time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is growth. You have the ability through practice and through, through, knowledge and through learning to basically be able to teach yourself or learn to do almost anything in the world that is growth mindset and oh okay you know but she gets that she can learn but not necessarily that it's a mindset right yeah no exactly um my next one that i have is is one that i have been working on for years and years and years and i'm better at it today than i used to be but i'm still not perfect at it and that is do it immediately or schedule it to be done Now, I am the type of person who my base is lazy. So if I'm not consciously trying to um, reprogram my base programming, um, I will put off everything until the absolute last minute that it needs to be done. So what happens there is, I guess, like not one-fold negative, but like tenfold negative. So... Not only do you say, all right, I'll do that later, and then you completely forget about it. You say, I'll do that later, and then when you kind of remember about it, it stresses you out. When you say, I'll do that later, you've completely forgotten half of what needed to be done. And it's just this negative roller coaster. So what I've been trying to do is when I think of something that needs to be done, right? It could be something as big as... um, studying for a for for an exam to get a certification at work it could be something as stupid and simple as um picking up the shit that i left in the driveway right but when i think of it instead of saying i'll do that next time i walk by it or i'll do that i get my ass up and i go do it or i schedule a time and put it in my phone when i know i will be able to do it right 
So like there's certain things that you can think of where it's like, I'm at home and I think of this thing I specifically need to do when I'm at my office. I know I'll be at my office tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. So I put it in my phone as a reminder that goes off at 8.55 to do this one specific thing. Now I've scheduled it. Now I can dump that from my brain. I don't need to think about it again until that reminder goes off at 8.55. Or if it's like, hey, I needed to clean up that one thing in the garage. I spilt those sockets everywhere and I was in the middle of, you know, uh, of, of working on something. Oh shit, I need to go clean those up. Instead of saying, all right, well, next time I walk by those in the garage, I'll clean them up. I get my ass up and I walk out and I clean them up and it ends up taking way less brain power, causing way less stress. And it's much more efficient than putting it off. Yeah. You ever notice that, uh, things that you put off when you actually do them take a lot less time than you mentally have put in your head? You mean because you push yourself harder? Is it, or what do you mean? Elaborate. Uh, I think sometimes in your mind you think, oh, I'm not going to do something because uh, it's just going to, it's going to take too long. And then, um, it's even as simple as, um, taking out the garbage. Like, oh, I don't have, have time to do that. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. We like, and we keep procrastinating because it's like, oh, it's going to take too much time. But then when we do it, it's like, oh, that was, that only took like five minutes. Oh, well, the weird thing is too, is our perception of time is so different depending on what we're doing. Um, people think of time and, and if you're, if you're kind of a base, a base thinker, you think of time and you're like, all right, five minutes is five minutes. Right. But yeah. five minutes, the, the best way to understand this is um, spend five minutes talking to someone that you love talking to and then spend five minutes doing a plank. Those are two very, very different fucking five minutes. Yeah. And that's kind of the weird part. We, we think of things that we don't necessarily want to do as we're going to put them, put them off. We think of them in their negative five minutes, right? So we think of them as a five minute plank and we're like, oh my God, that's going to be a really, really shitty five minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, but we don't say it's going to be a shitty five minutes. We think, oh, that's going to take forever. It's like our, we're, our mind is manipulating us to think that that five minutes isn't really five minutes. It's much more because it's going to be exponentially shittier than the five minutes that we're spending on the couch right now just sitting there watching the fucking TV or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the uh the 5 minute uh AMRAPs. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, oh, everybody's like, oh shit, that's 5 minutes or that's going to be a 7 minute or a 10 minute AMRAP and it's like you think it's the longest thing in the world and you're never going to make it. Yeah, and it, it it's really easy to use physical things as an example um, for that. But there's so much when it comes to like mental things too, right? Like, have you ever sat in a presentation at work and it's somebody that talks monotone and they read from slides and all they can do is kind of read without any sort of elaboration on oh, any points and snoozer, they don't yeah. even really understand what they are talking about? That yeah. was like... That was 10 <laughs> seconds. I just did that for 10 seconds. And I wanted to rip my own fucking eyes out and ears out. I meant not eyes. I'm looking at the audio right now. Um, and so like, yes, physical is the best way to understand it, but there's so much more that comes to it. Yeah. Yep. I got to sit through a three hour lecture. Oh shit. That's going to be bad. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to fall asleep, but all right. What do you got for number three? Number three is, uh, we probably got some overlap in these, uh, oh, yeah. exercise. And I know we, we've talked about exercise for <clears throat> podcast after podcast, but um, 
I want to talk about something just beyond just being in shape or, you know, being healthy. It's, um, the example of war is, you know, you, you gotta be hard to kill. And there's so many examples that I've had in my life where guys have get shot through and through, um, guys that have been blown up. Um, last one I, oh, last one I recalled was the, uh, the Afghanistan, um, <clears throat> withdrawal. That was a disaster. And the dudes that, Dudes and the gals that got, you know, basically blown up. Um, you know, there's one guy that basically had his uh, arm blown off and uh, they had to amputate uh, one of his legs completely. And he had, uh, what, 150 ball bearings go through all parts of his body, intestines, everything except for his head and neck. And he, oh man, they had like 14 uh, pints of blood that they kept, you know, putting in him. And um, he survived. And he survived just uh, like a lot of the other guys, even, uh, you know, those of you who know, know the lone survivor, Marcus Luttrell, you know, he had 13 through and throughs on his legs and he was blown up, falling down uh, how many cliffs and he and swallowed his tongue. And uh, yeah, just literally he had to be put back together again and he survived. And all the doctors said the same thing is like, you know, Good thing you were in good physical condition. Good thing you had this much muscle mass. Otherwise, you would not have survived. So that is one example I want to give is just, you know, be hard to kill. I think Tim Kennedy always talks about that. Be hard to kill. You know, be an asset versus a liability when things go bad. Or, you know, in real life, it's like if there's a car accident, the healthier healthier you are, whether it's a car accident or whether it's, dealing with a disease, you know, um, dealing with injury. I mean, it's proven that, Hey, if you, you know, I think weightlifting is a, is a direct, uh, reasoning for your body heals much quicker. So if you break a bone, you're, you're going to heal twice as fast as if you're, uh, you know, sediment slug, you know, watching TV, eating chips. It's uh there's so many benefits to it that it's just, Hey, you know what? It's, you're, you're investing in yourself. You're creating a defense shield for your body, not just, you know, looking good. Looking good is just a result. Hey, it's, you know, there's nothing negative about exercising. And it just goes back to, you know, your last point, Paul, is just you got to do it. Yeah, and that's that's right. Like, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and go, well, I'm, not, I'm never going to get shot holes in me. Well, you know what? You might not. You probably won't. You might get in a car accident. Pretty fucking likely you won't. Um, Yeah, you might get in a car accident. But realistically, just because that is an outcome of your body being much much better at producing, um, guess what else are other outcomes of your body being much better at producing? Basically, an improvement in everything in your fucking life. Your sleep improves. Your mental health improves. Your cognitive abilities improve. Your ability to do simple daily tasks improves. Think about carrying the groceries up two flights of stairs. How many people would could could load up their arms with as much, many bags as they can put on them and then carry them up two flights of stairs? Not very many yeah. fucking people, right? Your energy levels are better. All of this comes with as a byproduct of that work that you put in and i have it on my list as move your body but it's the same fucking thing right it's moving your body 
to get it better at moving. It's moving your body to keep all of those systems from when you were young from aging so quickly. Because the reality is we all have a death sentence and we have a choice of how long we want to prolong our ability to enjoy this life and get it as close to that death day as we possibly can. And for me, I want to be able to move my body as well as humanly possible to the absolute last minute, not just for me, not just for my interest in enjoying this time on this earth, but also for the people that love me. Because how many people do you know that look at you and say, I don't want to be a burden on my family, but you look at them and go, in 10 years or 20 years, you are going to be a burden on your family. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's it's how long do you want to have your quality of life? I want to have a strong quality of life until the day that I'm gone. And I, I do think of that uh, being at my age. It's like, you know, I don't want to have my kids um, have to take care of me. You know, I want to be not just physically, but I want to be, you know, mentally there. So I got to stay mentally sharp for when my, uh, you know, grandkids, you know, get older. I want to be able to throw the ball like I do with uh, my youngest right now. I want to do that with my grandkids. I don't want to be that grandparent that's, um, they're looking at that has to sit in the rocker and has help getting up or can barely walk because, you know, I'm just so overweight. So. And we, we talk a lot about the physical ability, but the mental ability and the mental acuity is just as important. Um, I know that I've talked about the, the nurse Alzheimer's study probably 50 fucking times on here, but really the, the highlight version, all you need to know is if you are constantly learning and constantly improving and constantly working on growing your brain, then all of the important neural systems will find their way through and you will drastically reduce your body's, I guess, generation, or it's not even the generation of plaques that create the Alzheimer's and the memory issues Yeah, because you still have those. But what it is, is your, your body is learning new memory pathways so that all the old memories that you have, whether it be facial recognition, whether it be where the bathroom is in your house, whether it will be where you parked your car, where your house is, all of these things find new neuron connections so that the memories are still there. You're still able to access the memories. It's literally just a different road that you're taking. If you think about it in an example of your neighborhood, if one, one road gets broken down and one road um, is under construction, you can still take multiple other roads to get there. And that's what you're doing by creating all these new neuron connections and always growing your brain, always learning, always reading, always learning new, new, it could be literally learning how to play the guitar at 50 years old, right? Yeah. It could be picking up a new sport. It could be getting a new hobby and learning all the new things about this new hobby that is creating 10 more, 20 more, 30 more, 50 more roads for you to take on your way home. Yep. So that is just important as the physical. And that's what, you know, we, we kind of, we skim over that sometimes, but, but man, maybe not even just as important. It might be more important because the physical is going to degrade. The mental is not, doesn't have to. Yeah. What do you got next? 
Uh, I got four is uh, self-assess. And we talk about this all the time. And the only way that I can simplify it for this, you know, 10 things to improve list is, um, you know, I was, you know, I'm in airports quite a bit. So, and everybody tells me the same thing as, oh, you, you know, it's perfect time to what people watch. And we always like to people watch. We like to go on vacation, sit there, have a coffee and people watch. But, you know, when you self-assess, basically you should stop and think, okay, if people are people watching me, what would they say about you? What would they say about your first impression? What would they say about when you walk by them, the way that you carry yourself? So that's that's my simple self-assessment. I don't want to go into like the full podcast about self-assessment. Just, just think of it simply this way is what would other people say about you based on observation? I'd like to see an anonymous app where people can give you like uh, feedback, feedback or like a review style feedback like a you like know like people a, that know like you or it could be people that know you it could be somebody like that scans dealt, you it could be somebody that you dealt with in 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 public right like it, you could it would have i don't i'm not i haven't thought through the back end of this so don't give me shit about this but it would be like some way that this person knows this is your profile yeah. and can anonymously give you a review right so you're like at a coffee shop and you're a complete fucking asshole to the to, to the person making your coffee yeah. like they can tell you that right like Hey, don't care if you're having a bad day. You don't need to fucking treat people like that. And uh, I mean, clearly in that situation, you're going to know who gave you the bad review. Um, but still, like the ability for somebody to to anonym, anonymously tell you what they think about you. Because realistically, some of that's going to be really shitty. But also, a lot of that is going to be things you need to hear. Yeah. But without having that humility and you know growth mindset, boy, if you had an app like that, um, you would have a lot of businesses going out of business. You would have a lot of people doing what they do on social media and pissing each other off. Speaking negativity. of social media, this yeah. wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't talk some shit about <laughs> social media. If you guys haven't noticed, I've almost completely ignored my social media for months now. And I keep telling myself I'm going to, I'm going to get better at getting back on there because that's where a lot of the growth comes from for the podcast and where I interact with a lot of you guys. But man, building... <laughs> Knowing how bad that is for my mental health and then trying to build the habit back up of doing it is not, those are two things that are arguing in my brain. So no promises yet. Um, <laughs> limit your social media. And I would almost say if you are of, of a developing age or you have children of a developing age. So if you're, you know, younger than 25, yeah, I would say almost limit it to a null and void consumption. Right. And, and you can still have social media, which is being social with other people, but the simple consumption of reels, shorts, TikToks, um, all that type of shit, I would try to limit to absolutely nothing because I, this one, my daughter did understand. I was explaining to her how dopamine is a relative hormone. And when, when something is relative, that means that you measure it as to where it was five minutes ago or where it's going to be 10 minutes from now. You, it is always comparing to how it was. So if you live at a constant 10 because you are on TikTok for four hours a day and then you get off your phone and you come down to a six where you where your body just normally lives, you are going to feel depressed versus if you are constantly living at a six and you interact with someone who you're really excited to interact with 
and it goes to an eight, you are excited again. And if you have a sad time and, you know, your grandma calls and says she's sick and then you come back up after that to a six, you're going to feel happy again. Versus if you are constantly at a 10, it is going to degrade your ability to live with dopamine. And if you are, if your brain is developing during that, so if you have a fucking 10 year old kid with TikTok, you are completely manipulating their system to think that a 10 is where zero is. Yeah. And it's pretty likely that they're never going to be able to come to a point where six feels good. Jeez. 10 years old on TikTok. They uh, even allow that? Oh yeah. My, so the reason I had to explain that to my daughter is because she said her, she goes, she goes, I can see my friend. She said her name. I'm not going to say her name. She said, I can see my friend is just going to be just like my sister. Just sitting on her phone, being one of those popular girls, not really talking about anything. I was like, oh, yeah, really? What does she do on her phone? She's like, plays games and watch TikToks. I'm like, this girl's <laughs> 10 years old. Oh, gosh. Hey, I know a lot of adults that are like stuck on TikTok for some reason. Well, and th- and that's the thing, right? Is like I had somebody yesterday that goes, well, it's just kind of like TV, right? I'm like, no, no, no. It's not like TV because TV is one thing that they made that gets played for millions of people the problem with something like tiktok or instagram reels or youtube shorts is the way that their algorithm is built it's built to keep you watching for hours and over and over and over and it's customly tailored to things that you want to see and things that you're going to click on and things that you are going to going to like and what that does is that basically hijacks your dopamine system the exact same way that comparing, you know, comparing TV to TikTok or even comparing a, right a play, right? Yeah. To something like TikTok is like comparing an apple to a fucking sugar glazed donut. You have completely manipulated your own t- internal systems to want more and more and more and more and more and with no nutritional content at all. Yeah. Um Limiting your social media uh, has been proven. Every So everything that I talk about today, if anybody wants to reach out, I do have the actual science references for 95% of everything that I put together. I just pulled them out of my notes because for me to sit here and say like, Johnson and Taylor 1974 says, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to fucking do that, but I have it all if you want it. Um, it's been scientifically proven to reduce stress and anxiety uh, by limiting social media, improve your sleep quality, quality, Enhance focus and productivity, improve body body image and self esteem, and build stronger real life connections. All pretty fucking important things. Yes. All right. What do you got next? All right. Next one is uh same thing we've been talking about. Is challenge yourself strengthens your mind, keeps your mind sharp. So you got to constantly challenge yourself. And um, like this past week. And I keep telling my kid is, you know, we keep uh, running into people that hey, you have different foods, right? And you tell them, hey, you want to try something? And um, the person will say, hey, I would never eat that. I'm like, well, if you, you know, tell yourself that you're never going to do something, you're not going to do it. So it's kind of like uh, uh, lifting, right? If you get under uh, 225 pounds on a bench and all of a sudden you tell yourself, oh, I can't do this. I can't. Guess what? You're going to take that off and that thing's going to come crashing down on you. So a lot of times for us mentally to get ready to challenge yourself, you got to say, hey, I, I can do this. And a lot of times uh, that weight will go up a lot easier. And um, it's the same thing in real life is like you, you can't shirk away from things. If, if you're 
you know, my daughter and I were talking yesterday. Yeah, if you have fear of heights, you um, guess what? Go find something that involves heights. It doesn't have to be an eighty foot drop, you know, roller coaster or something. But you know, challenge yourself and then realize challenge and overcome. So, and I do that with food. I don't know why. With my kids, because I'm like, hey, you know, you never want to miss out on something that could be you know amazing like you know today i gave you that can of soursop and you probably thought it was the best thing in the world well i don't know it was good. it was good <laughs> i don't know best thing in the world is a bit of a stretch but no it was it was tasty yeah so it's, but you didn't say oh i don't know what is that i, I can never do that yeah no you i'm know? like i'll fucking try it and then i was drinking it and it's got like it's pulp but not like orange juice pulp like the best way to describe it is like um almost like slimy um it's the meat of the fruit that's in there oh yeah yeah it's the pulp i get it but it's like orange juice pulp is just kind of like dry pulpy this is like slimy pulp and i and the first thing i told <laughs> martin the pulp. first and it was fine like yeah. I, I was like i was like sucking it out to try to chew it but the first thing i told martin is this would never fly like nationwide in the united states as a as a as a common drink just because that that pulp that that thick chewy slimy pulp people are gonna be like uh-uh, i ain't drinking this shit People don't like chunks, but it was good. Thing? It was good. It was tasty. Um, I love Henry Ford's quote when it comes to this one that you're talking about, which is yeah. whether you, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And we all have the ability to change our perspective on something that we are either scared of running from or interested in doing. And we can tell ourselves I can't do that. We can think about the negative things that could happen when we do that. Or we have the choice to re-manipulate or re-negotiate with our brain and say, hey, I'm done thinking about the negative shit that can come along with this. And I'm going to start steering you towards the positive. Every time you start to tell me about something negative, I am going to think of the positive. And I am going to think about how I can accomplish this thing. And I am going to tell myself, you do have the ability to do this. You may not be able to write this second, but you have the ability to grow and you have the ability to learn and you have the ability to achieve this with the right attitude and the right effort. Yep. Got it. What's your next one? Stop drinking calories and eat less processed foods. So the the part, part of one part of something you're not going to like on this one Martin is is this is 140 calories of beverage that I just drank. Now, this actually does have some pretty good um nutrients in it, so I'll let this one go. <laughs> but fruit juices as a whole, the way that we consume them in the United States are generally empty calories. Yes. Um when you consume an empty calorie, whether it be a bottle of apple juice or a box of crackers or a donut, what you do is you give your body, let's say, 500 units of energy, okay? So you give your body 500 units of energy. That's what a calorie is, a unit of energy. When you give your body 500 units of energy, it expects 300 to 500 to 1,000 or whatever the arbitrary number that I just made up worth of micronutrients, whether that be 
vitamins, minerals, um, things that we've not even invented or not even discovered yet. And it expects all these extra things, which your body counts on to make all of its systems work. So let's say I eat 500 units worth of a donut. My body goes, ooh, I got 500 units worth of donut. I'm going to elevate my blood sugar. I'm going to get this all to all the muscles. And then it starts to notice, oh, all I can do with this is make energy or store it as fat. That's all I can do. Um, but I still need this K2 and this C and this B and this sodium and this magnesium. And I'm just pulling shit out of my ass for different things that are in real food. And I still need all this stuff. So, hey, 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 hey. I'm going to need you to eat another 500 units of energy because um, I need more stuff. And you're like, all right, well, I'll eat another fucking donut. I don't care. Like, I'll, I love donuts. Oof. So I eat another donut and it goes, all right, 500 more units of energy. Hey, so I still need some more of that other stuff, though, because um, it doesn't know. Your body has no idea that the donut doesn't have that stuff in it. It literally only knows that it needs more of it. So it says, hey, hey, more. And you go, three donuts? Fuck yeah. I'll get it on. And just this is just this negative loop of you eating extremely dense calories with no beneficial nutritional value. And your body still needing more nutrients. And still needing more micronutrients. And still needing more sodium and more potassium and magnesium and, and all, all these other things. And so... If you cut your consumption of that shit and just focus on eating nutrient-dense foods, I would bet 50% of overweight people could eat as much as they wanted if they were eating meats, fruits, and vegetables. And they would completely change their health. Yeah. That includes eggs, right? It includes eggs. I'm not even saying, don't even start with worrying about how much you're eating. Just worry about what you're putting in your face. Yep. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's mine. Um, what else do I have? That I literally just did that without my notes. So my notes, weight gain and obesity, duh. Type 2 diabetes, if you guys don't know, type 2 diabetes is completely lifestyle driven. It's not an actual um, disease that you get. It is something that you give yourself by being an unhealthy fuck. Poor nutritional value, I covered that. Cardiovascular health risks, yes, duh. Dental health issues, this is one that's weird. Um, when, I, when I started eating healthy and I got healthy, my dentist would continually tell me, oh my gosh, you're taking such better care of your teeth. They look so great. You must <laughs> yeah. be taking care of them. And this is the gross thing that I've told on the podcast five or six times. I don't take very good care of my teeth. I'm getting better at brushing them nightly. And I use a flosser regularly, but in the beginning of this, in this first few years, when I was getting told by the dentist over and over and over again that my teeth look so great, I was barely brushing a few times a week. Yeah, I get it. That's gross. Fucking get mad at me. Whatever. But I would tell them that and they would just laugh it off. Like they had no ability to understand that the food that I was eating had changed my dental health that much that it looked like I was a stellar performer when it came to taking care of my own dental health. Yeah. Yeah. You go into some of these third world countries, they have a very primitive lifestyle, but their teeth are like freaking amazing. I mean, you're talking shiny, white, 
if it, perfect and, teeth. And I don't have the necessarily the time nor the ability to get into all of the repercussions of this idea. But if you start to understand human evolution, you are able to reverse engineer 90% of the issues that you will have in your life. We didn't evolve to consume calorically dense foods that had sugars that would sit in our mouth and elevate blood sugar that fast. So if you think of what we evolved to eat, we evolved to eat whole foods. We have canines, we have sharp ripping teeth up front, and we have flat molars in the back. That means whether you're a fucking vegan or a vegetarian, whatever you want to bitch about, our mouth tells the story. We are omnivores. We developed to be omnivores. The reason this is, is because it wasn't like right now where you could go to the grocery store and pick, oh, do I want to have a salad tonight or do I want to have a steak? You were eating whatever you could get your fucking hands on. And if you had the ability to eat meat when you could have it and the ability to eat vegetables when you could get it, your DNA was much more likely to replicate and you were much more likely to make children. And then this got passed on over and over and over, generation after generation after generation. And that is what evolution is. Next. Next. Next one I got is uh, practice gratefulness, which we've talked about over and over again. Um, you can call it being optimistic, but, you know, gratefulness cures a lot of things. And we've talked about, you know, um, simple as doing a journal. And I mean, I don't do a journal, but, you know, mentally we've talked about, you know, if, you know, as a Christian, you pray. So you use the acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. Um, but it's just being able to list out all the things that are positive and healthy in your life. And, um, you know, verbally expressing thanks to important people in your life. And then, you know, being able to start and end your day on on something thankful. So like when I tuck my son in bed, you know, we talk about things that, you know, we're grateful for that happened that day. And it just, uh, like we talked about, I think it was a week or two ago. Um, you know, your prefrontal cortex can either be, you know, grateful or, you know, can roll into anxiety. And a lot of times you can uh, eliminate a lot of anxiety just by practicing gratefulness. Here's, here's a, here's an interesting place when it comes to gratefulness and the um, self comparison and the issues, you know, kind of jotting back to social media quick. Um, If you think about, let's say you woke up tomorrow and you were in your bed, but you had no idea um, what was outside your bedroom and you looked over and you had a full refrigerator of food and you had a hundred dollars on your nightstand. You'd go, you, you, you have no idea what's outside, right? You go, all right, well, this is, this is pretty good. Like I can, I got this hundred bucks. I got this full refrigerator of food. And then you walk outside and it's, it's complete chaos. It is, it, it, shit has hit the fan. Something happened to you and you woke up in the middle of it. You're really fucking grateful for that full refrigerator of food. Whether money is useful anymore. I don't know. I didn't think this analogy through that far, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you're grateful for those simple things that you have, right? Yeah. You get on social media and all of a sudden you see that 
everyone that you are friends with on your whatever fucking Facebook you pick or whatever, they all have super fancy cars and they're all flying in private jets and they're all, you know, super famous. And you're like, oh, well, that's pretty good for them. But then you start to look at your food and you start to look at that hundred bucks. You start to go, well, that's not really that cool anymore. Right. And that food and that hundred bucks has not changed. Your perception of your position has changed. And the reason I bring that up is because you choose how to look at where you are at in your life. And this is the reason that lottery winners generally fall back to their same level of happiness that they were at before they won the lottery within a few months to a year afterwards. If not lose all the money that won. Well, you you could, yeah, if you lose all your money, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you yeah. keep it or lose it. What, what, what I'm saying is, is your place in life is generally a perception thing. You are, you are happy with where you're at and, and want to improve, right? Yep. Or you are unhappy with where you're at and think you have to improve. And those look the same from the outside, but on the inside are very, very different. And you choose how you look at what you have. You know, it's like that. It's like that parable that I, that I half-ass told on here a few episodes ago. Um, Guy wakes up and his horse is gone and all the villagers come and they're like, Oh my God, your horse is gone. It must, you must be so sad. I'm so sorry. That's so bad. And he's like, no, it just is. And then that night the horse comes back and brings five wild horses with it. And they all walk right in the gate. And now he's got five horses. And all the neighbors come over and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You have five horses now. You must be so happy. And he's like, well, it, it is. And they kind of walk away like, what the hell? And the next morning, the guy's kid is trying to break one of the wild horses and he falls off and breaks his leg. And the, all the neighbors come over and they're like, oh my gosh, it's, I'm so sorry. He broke his leg. You must be so, you must be so upset. And he's like, it, it just is. And that night, the king of the village sends out his um, his people to start picking all the boys to go to war. And because his son has a broken leg, he's, he's useless to them. And everybody comes and they're like, oh my God, it, it, you're so lucky. They didn't pick your son. And he's like, no, it just is, right? Like he's choosing to see that everything could be positive or everything could be negative. Um, but in the long run, everything just is. And it's yeah. your perception of your position and your perception of your life that makes or breaks your mental health. Yeah. Absolutely. My next one is it will highlight it quick, but it's when you're ready to improve and don't fucking come and talk to me about this until you're ready to improve. Because if I start to talk to you about this shit and then six months from now, I see you in the same spot. I'm going to be so goddamn mad at you when you're ready to improve, go under the hood. And what I mean by that is, Start. We need to start looking at things that could be holding you back because you've had 20 years of damage to do. And how do you do that? Um, depending on where you're at in the United States, you're going to find a, a lab draw. And they're going to be a lab draw for probably a big company like Quest Labs or like LabCorp. And to give you a quick example of what this did, Finally, when my wife was like, hey, I have not been feeling good. My memory has been off. I'm just, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. I said, all right, let's go in and get your bloods done. 
and she got her bloods done. Mind you, we had no idea for years and years and years that this was happening. In hindsight, looking back, she has a digestive issue in the bottom half of her small intestine, which is where your body uptakes B12. So she had a B12 number that was like barely registering. Like your B12 should be between 600 and 1200. Hers was like 37. And the problem with B12 is B12 is used in all tissue development, especially brain tissue development. So we, then we start to look at, okay, what can we do with that? If we would have never found that, we would have, she could have taken a multivitamin every fucking day and it would, you would have never known because your body can't uptake the B12 from your digestive system because of the problems that it has. So then she has to start taking sublingual B12 so that it actually sits under your tongue and soaks into your bloodstream. Your digestive system doesn't have to take it up. Long story short, when you are ready to improve, let's make sure that there's nothing drastically negative that's hindering your improvement. And how do we do that? We're going to look at three things. We're going to look at your hormones. We're going to look at your nutrients. And then we're going to look at some diagnostic health stuff, right? So your hormones, it's going to be different for man or woman. Woman, I've never spent the time to actually figure out how the fuck to manipulate women's hormones or look at women's hormones because they fluctuate so much throughout the cycle. You have to know exactly where you're at during the cycle. Otherwise, you could be drawing a number. It could look wildly crazy at one part of the cycle, but it makes perfect sense in the other part of the cycle. Men, we don't have that much of a problem. So if you're a man and you want to start looking at your hormones, I'm here to help you reach out. The emails in every podcast. If you're a woman, I will try to point you in the right direction, but I'm not going to be any help there. Micronutrients, macronutrients, well, I guess just micronutrients. Those are pretty simple. You're going to get a big readout that says your B12 is average, your E is average, your niacin, albumin, all these different things are average, or you'll get one that is way high or way low. Okay. And then there's some things after that where it starts to get a lot more muddy. And when what we talk about with muddy is, is we're going to start to look at things like liver health, heart, excuse me, heart health. We're going to look at C-reactive protein, which is a overall indicator of your inflammation level over time. We're going to start to look at cortisol levels, which shows uh, constant stress. And it's all these different things that you start to look at. And there are probably 500 different people around the internet and different calculators where you can plug in your age, your sex, and it will give you a lot of the information on this stuff. Um, But when you're ready to actually start making changes, just make sure that you're not driving around with a transmission that's going to fall out. Right? Yep. Okay. What do you got next? Next I got a, Serve. So it falls in line with the last one I talked about was practice gratefulness. So when you're grateful, uh, a lot of times uh, you're ready to take the focus off yourself and you're willing to be able to go out and and serve. So, you know, everybody's got different capacities to serve. Everybody's got different uh, skill sets and, um, and desires and passions. So, you know, you need to find what that is. And then there's plenty... Like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast where I got frustrated because there's so many different causes that are out there, but um, there's a lot and there's a lot that people can just plug into. And a lot of times it's a, it it can be therapeutic. And for people that have past that, you know, have been shambles, um, 
it's a lot of times you're rebuilding by giving to other people that you are in need of something. And it's not always, you know, the homeless, it's not always people that need financial. It's people that can just need a little bit of help. And it changes the way a lot of people talk in their conversations, right? Um, I can always tell when I talk to people, whether they're inward focused or outward focused. It's kind of like what you're talking about, uh, was it last week? You were talking to me about, uh, you know, a guy that's, you know, from the gym. I don't know him. I think I've only said hi to him, but, you know, you're checking up on him, right? Yep. You know, you have certain people that, hey, guess what? You need to check up on them and make sure that they're okay. Or, you know, people that you're helping to bring along in life. So it doesn't need to be the, you know, whatever association of America that you need to be involved with. Sometimes it's just, hey, guess what? There's... Uh, one, two, three, four, five people in the community that you get involved with their life and help bring them along. You know, maybe it's somebody that is listening to this podcast that reaches out and says, Hey, you know what? I, I need help. I need some accountability. I don't have it in my area. Can you, you know, be accountable? Whether it's, you know, like one guy, I, I just have to text once a week and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, what are you struggling with? What can we talk about? What can we pray about? So, you know, Look at areas that you can serve, and it definitely changes the perspective of how you look at, you know, your own, quote, you know, problems. And sometimes they're not really problems. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. It's it's definitely the external focus versus the internal focus, right? Yep. It's what can I do to help versus uh, what do I have, I guess, or what, where am I at, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's interesting. The way that I explain it to my to my kids is like, What's your gift that you can give the world? Like, because you're never going to feel better than when you're giving your gift to the world. Whatever that gift is that you have that you can give is is when you're going to feel the best. And it's so different for so many people, right? Yeah. Um, I want to just, I know we talked about sleep because I talked about when you wake up, but I just want to highlight like a quick few other things with improving your sleep because sleep is probably the the number one most important whenever I try to talk to somebody, whenever I try to work with somebody. I ask how they sleep because if you can't sleep properly, then anything else that I can do to help you is going to be fucking useless. Um, I mean, sleep does so much. So consistent sleep schedule. We talked about that. Um, create a relaxing bedtime routine. Anything that that keeps you in a positive mental state before you go to bed, right? Like if you're a person that that regularly gets texts that piss you off, right? So for a while, I had customers that would text it 7:45 at night. That would just it would make me mad. Um, so I quit, uh, looking at my phone after a certain time, because I know, um, even one person would email me too late and then I would read the email and it would be something that would upset me because it was somebody that I, that I needed in my life. They were, they were running a, a, a store and I needed to be able to talk to them, but I didn't need to be able to deal with a the problem they had at fucking seven forty five at night. So I adjusted my email. So my email did not come through after 6.30 at night. And that pissed her off, right? Because she was trying to get a hold of me, but I don't care. There's nothing I can do at 7.45 at night to help you. Um, if you if you if if it's a real issue, call me. Um, so create a relaxing bedtime routine, whatever that is that could upset your mental health before you go to bed, cut that shit off. Um, limit screen time, definitely limit screen time. Always try to run a, a blue light filter if you can. Um, comfortable sleep environment. Man, make sure that you're not sleeping in a bright ass room or you're sleeping in a room with a fucking TV on or 
you can hear a bunch of other shit going on like try to create as positive of a sleep environment as you can um physical activity don't do like super intense exercises right next to bed it's gonna elevate so many of your hormones that it fucks your sleep quality up uh healthy diet mindfulness relaxation limit naps i mean realistically you shouldn't be taking naps longer than 20 or 30 minutes anyways unless you're trying to you know make up for something that you fucked up but a nap at 20 or 30 minutes is is scientifically basically been shown that you don't get into deep deep enough sleep to cause negative issues um, but you get a nice little rejuvenation from it uh, manage stress like I talked about limit fluids before bed that's if you're getting up and pissing all the time um, sun exposure whatever uh, connection with the environment that is one that I I actually meant to add in here and I didn't but like just simply spending time outside getting grounded in nature just spending time without your device looking at trees looking at the ocean looking at lakes looking at animals just realizing that there's so much out there that doesn't give an absolute shit about any of your issues. It helps. Oh yeah. I think that was, Oh, and then, so my last one I had to put in here because with all the science that I read, you would be amazed how much science there is behind fucking breastfeeding. I know. I saw that point in there and I was like, Oh damn. You're like, where the hell did that that come from? Does that mean I can go, you know, find somebody to go breastfeed? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding, man. No. Uh, my wife reminded me the other day, we were at a party when one of our friends was pregnant and I tried her breast milk and I do not, re- did not remember Whoa, this at all. What's that? Yeah, it was fucking weird. Um, I had had a cocktail or two. Did you get it fresh or did you get it out of refrigerated? Uh, it wasn't <laughs> fresh the way that you're saying, but it wasn't refrigerated. Yeah. Um, but the nutritional superiority, the immune system, the cognitive and developmental benefits that come are science backed. It has been proven. If you have an ability, if you if you have the inability to breastfeed, I get it, but you can pump and feed your kid the breast food. Um, if your milk doesn't come in at all, there's different ways to get breast milk from um, from moms that are are pumping. It, there there's all sorts of resources. It it is even speculated not proven yet but it's speculated that the hormone balances change in the breast milk as per the time of day so it actually uh, facilitates a um, sleep wake cycle in the baby as per the breast milk yeah no i definitely understand i mean my, you know my kids you can definitely tell i mean when they're on breast milk and then when uh you know they went on a formula, so each each kid had different had a different situation, but it was definitely you can tell breastfeed is much superior. Is there anything else on yours you want to get out? We're basically at an hour and fifteen. Um, yeah, my next one I had was just self care regimen, which we talked about, and you know, in addition to the diet and the sleep, which is insanely important. Is guess what? You know, you can listen to us at every podcast, but. At some point, you have to just learn yourself, you know, stop uh, watching TikToks and take some time to do research. We got the, you know, the Internet University here. So anybody can go on and look and learn how your body works, how to detoxify, what kind of recovery you need and, you know, study different supplements. Um, And then the last the ninth one I had was live intentionally. It's kind of like uh, what I always tell my kids all the time is move with intent. It's not just physically 
you know, the physical example is, yeah, walking through a parking lot. If you want to be, you know, safe, one of the first things you do is move with intent because guess what? Thieves aren't going to, um, uh, go after somebody that looks like, Hey, they're moving with a purpose. They got their head up, they're alert versus somebody that is sitting there looking down, walking. Like I see so many times, especially, you know, when I'm going to a moving through a store parking lot is people looking down at their phones while they're walking to their cars. Um, live intentionally is, is just like that. So everything that you do evaluate, you know, is there a purpose in why I'm doing this or is it just, you know, creating absolutely zero value. So yeah, live intentional, live with a purpose. And then my last one is, you know, basically do all these things and stop making excuses, you know, stop putting it off, start doing it now. You don't have to say, well, I'm going to start doing it on a Monday. No, I just do it now. Yeah. Immediately. Like you're going to, ha- you're going to get off the podcast and it's going to be like, Oh fuck. They told me I need to do that one thing. I'll do it later. No, you fucking do it now. Yeah. I have one more to add. That's from my list list, my little tiny list that I sent at the end. Um, and, and this one was brought to me by someone who's really important in my life and it's limit negative self-talk, but with limiting negative self-talk, I'd like to take that a step further and include internal dialogue because, um, there's a lot of people that could get good at not saying things out loud negatively about themselves but they still repeat it on internal dialogue over and over and over. And um, that's a lot harder to get past. But when you are able to improve your internal dialogue and your external dialogue and talk positively about your strengths and even positively about your weaknesses, um, your entire life will improve. Yeah. Amen to that. I think that's a wrap. You good? Got anything else? All good, man. All right. You guys have an amazing rest of the week. We'll catch you in about a week.